Hello and welcome, Cougar fans. Happy New Year. First Holy City Hoops podcast of 2020. And so far, the year has been pretty good for the Charleston Cougars. They have not lost a game yet. We're just a few days into the conference season, but Charleston is already alone in first place. The only 4-0 team in the Colonial Athletic Association. Here to talk about all four games, we're going to do a little around the horn with our good pal, Cullen Baldwin. We're going to chat JMU, Towson, Drexel, Delaware, a little bit about each game, and then we're going to do something fun. We're going to revisit some of our hot takes predictions from the preseason, the last time Cullen was on the show, and see how we did. Now that we're starting conference play, we're right around the halfway point of the season. Some stuff we were right on, lots of stuff we were wrong on. We're going to go through all those predictions. We are still wearing maroon-colored glasses. We are drinking the Kool-Aid. That's easy to do when your team is still undefeated. Then we're going to wrap up looking ahead to another big week of games. The Cougars go out on the road at Elon, and then what is potentially going to be a first-place battle at William & Mary, a place where the Cougars have never won a game. So lots to get to today. As I say here every week, make sure you subscribe to us. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social at Holy City Hoops. Let's get to it. Colin, what's up, man? How's 2020 treating you so far? It's been good. Uh, I'm, I'm living a nice, clean life, and the, the Cougs are undefeated in the new year, so I can't complain. <laughs> undefeated this decade. Yeah, this good, decade. Good start. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How long can we keep it going? Uh, hopefully in the next couple games, but... Uh, we're here to talk about the four games that got them to this point. Were you at the were you at the JMU game? I know you were at the uh, Towson game. Yes, yeah, I was at a uh, JMU yesterday as well, and um, yeah, that was an excellent game. Great crowd. That was a really I solid we, crowd, like forty two hundred with no students. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, no students. I personally was in the student section because I recruited some people to go with me, and there weren't enough seats next to me. So uh, <laughs> still, that, <laughs> that's, that college ID still works. Yeah, they didn't they didn't check. Luckily, I guess I still look young enough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's start there. I know I know that game is freshest in our memory. And uh, thing we got to talk about first, Grant Riller moving up the all time scoring list. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, you know, I was with when he passed Sam Mead last year, I was actually <clears throat> talking to him. Uh, he was my high school history teacher and he took it like a champ. He was very uh congratulatory towards grant and he said that that guy deserves all the accolades he's getting and um you know when he passed gus yesterday they they put him on the jumbotron and yeah he looked like he was taking taking it like a champ as well so you know these guys i think recognize um how generational grant can be for the for the cougs i feel like gus had the record ken gustafson i think he had the record for something like 36 years before <laughs> gaudelock yeah. broke it and now it's been broken now he's third after like eight years <laughs> yeah it's uh i guess that's a testament to the earl grant era and the guys that we've been uh bringing in and and how how they've been able to produce but um yeah i guess grant grad or uh, sorry gus graduated in 74 and then gaudelock set the current record in 2010 right. so yeah it adds up yeah so riller needed 16 in this game before he could take the spot he almost got it in the first half i don't know if he was gunning for it but he almost got there he got to it like 30 seconds into the second half uh so now he 31 point game in this game we should say uh season high for grants he's 420 points away from t- 
tying Gaudalok for first, so I've got the math in front of me. If he plays all 15 games, which is 14 remaining regular season games plus a guaranteed first-round CAA game, he would have to average about 28 points a game. But if you extend that out to a CAA championship and one NCAA or even an NIT game, uh, if they lose the championship game, he needs to average like 23, which is only one point above what he's doing now. So it's going to be it's going to come down to the finish photo finish. It's going to be close. He has the benefit of uh, at least two William and Mary games left where you know, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what his career average is, but it's it's got to be mid 30s. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be 35. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> somewhere in that range. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Although it's a it's a new William and Mary team. I know we're going to talk about them later. It is, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, sure we'll he's always that. had their number. He's always had uh, JMU's number as well. Um, he has. <laughs> I was getting flashbacks to the game. Was it last year when Lou Rowe got the T for, for John at Riller? Yeah. TD Arena? yeah. And, you know, yesterday was not a different story. Um, I don't. It, yesterday's game was pretty chippy. I, I guess you could probably see that on the cast. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the bench, there was definitely some chirping going on over there. And when Grant... Um, Let's see. I think after he got, he went on a little streak in the second half. So we right. went cold there for like the first like six minutes of the second half. It felt like, <laughs> and then yeah. uh, Grant started heating up and he started giving it back to their bench. So, I mean, I, if people haven't learned at this point to just keep their mouth shut around Grant Riller, I don't think they ever will, but <laughs> <laughs> here we are. I like it. Yeah. There's definitely there. I don't know. Something about JMU and CFC just doesn't mesh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Sam Miller obviously got the T Dwight Wilson was jawing all game. Luro is always chirping. Uh, he has history with Grant. I don't know if you remember, but he recruited Grant at, I think, FIU when he was like an assistant yes. there. So yeah. they have some some history. Um, but yeah, that was that was entertaining, to say the least. For sure. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so double digit win for the Cougars in this game. Once fourth game in a row or fifth game in a row, they've done that fourth game in conference. Didn't have as balanced of scoring as we saw in those first three games, but when Grant Riller is scoring 31 points and Brevin Galloway is shooting seven for 10 from deep for 21 points, uh, you don't really need it. No, no, it was, I mean, it was very similar to Grant and JB last year, you know, same, same thing where I guess they combined for what, 52 yesterday. It's uh, a, <laughs> it's always nice when you can get that kind of production. Um, it is worrisome, you know, down the stretch, but we've also shown flashes of, of great scoring balance and, and that's the way I like things to side, but I'll take a win. However we can get it. <laughs> yeah. Cruising to a win too. I mean, JMU made yeah. that, that run in the first five minutes of the second half, mm-hmm. which seems to be, I feel like that happened in the Towson game as well Is that, that same kind of time frame. but yeah. uh, to the Cougars credit, they pushed back. Riller went on that little run. Jalen Richard hit a couple big threes, and they very quickly went on that surge to to retake the lead by double digits. So, don't like to see the that lead evaporate. But uh, credit to the Cougs for for coming back and and making that final margin what it was. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, I I guess Jalen uh, Richard hadn't played in like a game and a half. You know, yeah. he didn't play at all against uh, Towson, and then didn't play at all of the first half yesterday. And he came in and hit that three, and that really ignited the crowd too. Um, it got everybody pumped up—the team, the crowd—and and from there it was just smooth sailing. I, I, at that point, I felt like we had it locked up. Yeah, same. Just like the Towson game, I feel like Towson and JMU are both such physical teams that they mm-hmm. just like. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of like if you're playing pickup basketball and there's someone who like 
maybe as an athlete but doesn't play a ton of basketball and they're just like all like elbows and knees and like throwing their body around recklessly and you're like somebody's gonna get hurt but they're like they they can't shoot or anything like that that's like we we all know that guy yeah that's that's Towson and JMU like in team form right like that that style they've somehow picked up 12 of those guys each and (laughs) compiled a team (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean both those teams like their best offense was get an offensive rebound or like get fouled yeah Dwight Wilson kind of embodied that he had a giant double double 23 and 14 but Mm -hmm. JMU's free throw shooting was awful they were 12 for 25 and their overall shooting wasn't very good I think they shot 31 percent from deep so they kind of wilted down the stretch uh when, when Charleston started hitting shots yeah yeah, definitely. It was, um, I, I guess Dwight, yeah, Dwight Wilson was the one that was jawing pretty hard yesterday and that yep. <clears throat> led to the Sam tech and I'm sure we'll get to that as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I don't know, you know, they, it seemed like they were almost intentionally trying to get our big men in foul trouble yesterday. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if that was actually part of their game plan, but it definitely seemed that way. And with our lack of depth, it's not a terrible call, you know, that, that, that is the uh, the glaring issue is that we we don't have depth in our front court. And if you're going to come at two guys, might as well be Sam and O.C. <laughs> well, I feel like I in coming into the Towson game, I thought O.C. might be the secret weapon. And he, he mm-hmm. had a good game there. But I feel like JMU, when he came in in the second half to spell Sam, because Sam was Sam was getting pushed around pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but O.C. came in and gave some really good minutes. He had a couple blocks. He, he had a couple big rebounds his frame and his body is just like such a weapon against uh bigger teams like that if you can just have him come out for a couple minutes uh it kind of like dries up that advantage right yeah and i think that'll be a huge key uh this week especially with william and mary if if oc can match up and at least be physical with nathan knight and knock him out of his offensive rhythm uh that could be huge you know it's not like it's not like we need oc to go out and score 10 or 15 points if he comes in and scores two or four points, but but just <laughs> knocks off uh, Nathan Knight a little bit, that'd be yeah. huge. <laughs> well, he, he had a nice uh, he had a nice play in the second half when he kicked it out to Zep for the three. I don't know what what that yeah. put the Cougars up, but uh, that was a huge play. Yeah, you see Zep in the corner, you got to get him the ball. That's been his spot all year. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's been great down the stretch of games, hitting free throws, hitting threes. Mm-hmm. Been a game changer. I know you want to talk a little bit about. Um, being there on the sidelines and seeing the Cougars, uh, their attitude, their confidence. What, what, what have you seen? Yeah, it was, it was really weird. Uh, And it's happened the last two games where I said to my buddy at the game yesterday, I was like, is it oddly quiet in here? And he said, yeah, it's super quiet. This is weird. And um, there's something about the team right now though. I don't know if, you know, they, maybe they're a little fed up with the the tough schedule or tough non-conference schedule. And they're ready to show what this team's actually about. But there's been a noticeable shift, and especially in, in intensity levels. And um, I noticed it on the road too. And and you were there at the Delaware game, and and you said that the team was just jacked up yeah. running into the tunnel after the game, where yeah. Zep came, dapped you up, and <laughs> was just fired up, you know. And it and I love to see that. That's that's what you need in a conference like this, where you are going to be in just scrappy dogfights week in and week out. Uh, sometimes if you can just out uh or have more intensity than the other team you're that's going to give you the edge you need to pull out these close wins and uh fortunately we've been winning by double digits so it's not an issue yet but <laughs> down the stretch i think maintaining that intensity is going to be a, a key for the Cougs. the huge swing in shooting effectiveness that feels like a confidence thing like when you're not shooting against 
guys mm-hmm. who have length or have speed and you're shooting against your own peers in the conference. I can only imagine it, it gets a little bit easier. Brevin and Zepp especially just seem to have really flourished come come conference play and, and Sam and OC yeah. to a smaller degree. It's great to see them shooting with confidence and finding each other. The, the offense seems so much smoother and freer since since conference play began it does we'll see over time if it's uh, an anomaly or not but so far it's been really nice i think i think that has so much to do with the i mean i think people underestimate this the non-conference schedule we had and how big and athletic these wings were that we were playing and and you know against let's say vcu or ucf or oklahoma state wake forest those teams now we're on a more level playing field with with teams closer to our size and and uh, similar recruits. You know these these smaller guys that uh, are able to flourish offensively. I think that kind of knocked us out of our rhythm and um, tough to watch. But I was trying not to be the the sky is falling guy. You know I I knew that things would even out and we'd be okay. <laughs> well, the thing was they didn't get upset at all, and right. maybe yeah. we didn't win as many big games as we wanted to, like a VCU or an OK State. But six and six right. or seven and six, whatever it was was okay and uh there's no great team in the caa this year so why not charleston and you're speaking about the the offensive confidence i've noticed that in sam as well where he's been he's been hitting this uh dirk Nowitzki fadeaway a lot <laughs> i don't know if you've yeah. picked up on that but that that's a shot i love to see and he's knocking him down and it seems like all of these guys have found confidence and and uh you know brevin's been a little quicker off the trigger with the threes and and i think maybe coach grant's just given him a vote of confidence said hey if you're hot keep shooting you know let it go <laughs> yeah he's he's got the green light coach grant said it he's the only guy on the team who i won't tell to uh won't talk to about shot selection yeah i love that 7 for 10 is nuts it's it's all in the headband i considered putting on my headband for the podcast <laughs> just to make sure i was on my game but <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll put mine on yeah <laughs> anything else from the jmu game before we switch to, to Towson? Not necessarily. I, I mean, this kind of goes for just every game, but the the freshmen seem to get seem to be getting a little more acclimated. Uh, especially Reddish, there were times in non conference where he seemed lost. I guess is the best word for it. But he seems to have kind of settled into his role, and he's gaining a little confidence. He's getting to the line. Um, hasn't hasn't yeah. necessarily knocked down his free throws, but he's been getting to the line, and that's that's a that's a good sign that he's having the confidence to at least drive to the basket and and get some shots up. It seems like none of the freshmen are shooting from the line very well, yeah. um, even when they get their opportunities. That that might be a nerves thing. Yeah, could be. Um, but yeah, Reddish Reddish was actually had some some big moments in uh, the Towson game as well as the Delaware game, which we'll get to. This Towson game, a lot like JMU, it's so appropriate that those teams are travel partners because they both have such a similar style of like block shots, rebound shots, battle tested teams. But another game where CFC just kind of pulled away in the second half, uh, three started to fall and uh, Charleston just made a push in the second half and Towson just stopped hitting whatever they could, whatever they were hitting and Charleston pulled away. Yeah, it was a classic. It started off at least as a classic, you know, Towson, Charleston rock fight. And uh, I I thought this was one of the cleaner games that Charleston's played all year. Um, I think we finished with like two turnovers, maybe three. Two. Yeah, two. Yeah. Very clean. Unbelievable. Yeah, that that was that was uh, exciting to see. Uh, the shooting wasn't the best, but that's kind of a testament to Towson's defense. But the fact that we weren't turning the ball over was was uh, big down the stretch, I think. And 
Um, Towson's traditionally a team that is going to claw at your ankles and force the ball loose every once in a while. So it's nice to to protect the rock in a game like that. Nakia Sanders from uh, Towson was the guy who really put the offense together for them. 20 points and 11 rebounds. You know what I'm starting to realize? As Charleston is getting beat by these forwards on each CAA team, it reminds me of how fortunate we were to have Jarrell Brantley for four years yes. <laughs> because this is what every other team in the CAA had to deal with. Right. It's like, oh, man, this big guy's got 20 and 10 yeah. on us. <laughs> It was, a, it was a luxury to do that to other teams for for so long. Yeah, that's that's something I took for granted, and um, yeah, and I, and I never will ever again. But you know, I, I guess I was a little spoiled. Jarrell came in early when I was in college, and and I've been watching him for a while. And it sounds like he's going to get called up to the Jazz here kind of soon, for sure. Yeah, it it helps to have three NBA players on the team for yeah. a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> How often does that happen in the CAA? <laughs> probably never. Probably yeah. never. <laughs> Towson, I mean, the turnover thing was was great. I can't remember the last time the Cougars had those kind of numbers. Um, I know Coach Grant loves that. Five Cougars in double figures, all five starters. Don't get much better than that. Mm-hmm. I thought Coach Grant did something interesting in the second half after Towson made their run and Riller was kind of struggling early in the game. He moved Riller off ball and had Brevin and, and Zepp kind of run things for a little bit. And then there was a even a stretch where he had Reddish and Zepp out together. So he had like a two-point guard look. And that seemed to free up Riller. He wasn't the center of, of attention for a little bit. He hit a couple threes. Then he kind of turned on the Jets and went like FU mode, yeah. which he's been doing at the end of games. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was a smart move by by coach to uh, to move Riller around a little bit and, and then go with the two point guards to, to get the ball moving a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. That's that's worked in the past for us, too. You know, he did that uh, down the stretch against Northeastern in the championship game. I guess shots were not falling. Uh, Grant and Joe were struggling to get their points early. And then he went to the, the Marquise Joe Grant lineup where he had two true point guards on the court yeah. there and it opened things up for the rest of the team. So that seems to be his go-to when we're in a, in a little bit of a uh, funk there, but when it works out, it's a, uh, <laughs> that's, it's uh, enjoyable. Yeah. And, and Zep can play off the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I think he's still the best shooter shooter by percentage on the team. Yes. Um, and he, he's willing to pull the trigger from outside. Mm-hmm. Nice home stand for the Cougs. Let's talk quickly about Drexel, Delaware. We don't have to spend too much time on it. Like you mentioned, I was able to go to these games. Super fun. Drexel is a great place to see a game. The arena is like right in downtown Philly. Uh, lots of stuff to do uh, before the game and after the game. And Delaware, that was a, a big game at the time. Delaware's kind of struggling as of late. But uh, again, Zepp and, and the team were fired up after that win to take Delaware down. In both games, you know, Drexel, the shooting was there. That was the story of the game. Charleston shot 11 for 20 from deep. I think almost 54% overall kind of locked down Cameron Winter a little bit. I know he got his points, but that that game was wire to wire, unlike the other three. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the Drexel game? Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a great shooting game, obviously, as you just touched on. Uh, it was relatively clean. I mean, 15 turnovers on each side of the ball uh, or each each team. Um, that's that's not what we want to see. That's not Earl Grant basketball. But, you know, it, it's that's huge starting off conference play on the road, just going in. Um, you know, maybe there are a little a few nerves attached to that um, because we do have a, a standard that we're living by at, at CFC now where we're expected to be a top three team in the conference and you want to get off to a strong start. Uh, so that was that was big to just watch the guys go out there and, and perform the way they should. 
um grant stayed in rhythm the entire game and then aside from that you know we got contributions from everybody and um i guess we were one point shy one jalen mcmanus point shy away from everybody being in double digits in the starting lineup yeah and it was a game where sam really came alive too where he was (laughs) uh just hitting hitting dagger threes on them i think I don't. Did he finish perfect on that game? Was he three for? I think. Three? I think he and Jalen both went like two for two. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so, I'll take that any day. For sure. <laughs> yeah, and that's. I mean, I I love when a big man can step out and hit a three. We watched Jarrell do it for four years, and and now Sam's kind of developing that reputation. Opens everything up. Just opens driving lanes for for Rillo. Yep. <laughs> nice. Which is key. <laughs> yeah. The Delaware game was was probably the most different of the four games we've had so far, just because Charleston started in a deficit in that game. Delaware started the game hot, but Charleston really locked down in the second half. Delaware only had 23 second half points, shot one for 15 from deep. Charleston defense just totally clamped down and CFC hit five threes in the half versus two in the first. And we were texting each other. Big game, Brev. Big game, Brev. I love it. And, uh, Yeah, I was really worried. It was the first time actually that I'd gotten to watch Nate Darling play. So I I wasn't completely familiar with him. I knew that he had been a a huge uh, transfer acquisition. Um, But it was it was nice to see that our defense could knock him out of rhythm and really the entire team, you know, shooting 12 percent from three. (laughs) Um, But then, yeah, big, big game. Brev is uh, that's got to be a front runner for his new nickname, right? (laughs) I'm into it. I mean, he's if he keeps shooting like this he's he he needs a nickname yeah honey badger was pretty good on uh on nate darling late in that game though yeah honey badger is great and um <laughs> you know brev brev has been honey badger-esque as of late i think he's top 40 in the country in steals um yeah i haven't checked recently i remember he was up there yeah i i haven't checked after the most recent game but i think he was sitting at like 39 or 40 going into the uh into the jmu game so he's he's developing a, a reputation he's good for like two of those a game now of just like the strip and lay up on the other end. Yeah. And he had a good one. I, I can't remember what game it was where he had a nice like reach around steal, but they called a foul on him and I thought it was a clean play. Yeah. Um, it was against JMU actually on Saturday and we're fine. We won. I'll, I'll get over it. Maybe, maybe coach Rowe had been buttering up the yeah, refs. Probably he'd been, he'd been <laughs> chatting <laughs> elsewhere in that Delaware game. Riller has 22. Three other players scored in double figures, McManus, Galloway, and Jasper. Another nice OC game, 7-7 seven and seven in that game. I thought he came in in the second half again and just played some some big boy minutes. Um, they have that transfer from Villanova, Dylan Painter, who was kind of getting having his way in the first half, and OC came and just defended, got some big rebounds. Another solid team effort there. And it was it was nice just as a uh, petty Cougs fan to kind of silence the Delaware hype that had been going on in non-conference play. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody had to say it. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not on here every week like you, so I'll take the fall. <laughs> <laughs> Delaware getting a, uh, a vote in the AP top 25 whenever that was. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, the last time you were here was i believe right after the exhibition game so before the regular season even started and i wanted to revisit some of the predictions slash hot takes we had at that time and see where those stand if we were dead wrong if we were kind of right etc uh how's that sound i I love it let's let's hear how wrong i am (laughs) (laughs) well I'll, i'll start with what we were right on okay grant riller as a 
player of the year candidates. Yes. No surprise here. I think Nathan Knight is probably his biggest threat, but we knew this team was going to revolve around Grant and he has not disappointed. Yeah, it's 20, 2019, 2020 is the realer show and everybody just needs to sit back and watch. <laughs> yeah, he's he's as, as good as advertised. No, nothing to worry about with him. No, <laughs> we were also correct about we had some concerns about the team being undersized and struggling on the boards. Mm-hmm. That's continues to be the case. They are undersized. I think they've been out rebounded. I don't know if they have out rebounded a team in the CIA yet. Maybe one, maybe, maybe like that Delaware game or something. Yeah, maybe Delaware. That was the one I was going to say would would be our best chance. <laughs> yeah, JMU, I think we drew even with. I think Towson definitely out rebounded us and Drexel may have as well. So that's still something that is a concern. But when you're shooting 45 percent from deep, maybe it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it, I mean, it's been working out, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to get too worked up about it right now. That's a nice segue to something where we were dead wrong, where we were worried about Charleston's shooting. And lo and behold, four games into the conference season, they're shooting 43.3% from three. No one else in the CAA is shooting above 38%. Comfortably in front, this is conference games only. So the only stats that matter because everybody played different schedules. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I I can't remember if it was during the... uh... Delaware game or the Drexel game when we were shooting so well and I texted you I said every time we shoot this well I'm I'm worried that uh you know that one of those <laughs> we're gonna trade- come back down to earth yeah we're gonna come back down to earth and um I, I don't know four three three more games down the road here and we're doing just fine so I'm I'm uh I'm satisfied and it's been fun to watch you know because I think uh over the last ever since Joe left it seems like we haven't really hit our um our, our stride with the three-point shots um and 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 I I don't know what that what that can be drawn from. I'm not sure what the contributing factor is to that. Even during non-conference play, Coach Grant kept on saying, anytime he got asked about why were you not trying to get to the basket or, or any type of question like that, he was just like, I know we're a good shooting team and I'm okay with those shots. And it was like, geez, like <laughs> looking at the stats, that is not the case at all. Yeah. <laughs> and now all this, it's like totally flipped the switch. So it feels like it's a reflection of the schedule mm-hmm. or it could just be a, a confidence thing and they're going to crash and burn back to earth. But for right now, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Hopefully the confidence lasts through uh, in the end of March, at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. April, <laughs> April, it can uh, in the gym, it can go away. Yeah, we're we're fine, man. I'm. I don't know what's going on, so it's fine. <laughs> Four games in, we just need it for like 14 more games, or yeah. <laughs> I guess 18 more games, and then we'll that's, be good. That's not too much to ask, no, right? No, 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 no. We, we have to bring up, we were very high on the Honey Badger going into the season, and Zepp has been great the last couple of games, but our prediction that he would be the team's second leading scorer uh, looks a little funny now that Brevin has clearly uh, taken control and, and is in the driver's seat in that role now. Yeah, I yeah, I I vaguely recall after the exhibition game, Brev, I think, was the second leading scorer. And I said, I'm going with Brev. And then I backtracked and said, Honey Badger. And Mm. uh, it's the old adage. You just go with your gut feeling. So, um, you know, I'll take that one on the chin and try to get better from it. (laughs) We weren't we weren't that far off. Zepp's fourth on the team in scoring. He's right behind Jalen McManus. Um, Brevin's been been hot recently, though. So he's uh He's out yeah. in front. Yeah. Not a bad thing, though. We just need uh, any any yeah. secondary score is great. And Brevin, to his credit, has 
seemingly for the time being gotten rid of like the inconsistency problems. Uh, I think yes. he had like two two points against SC State uh, after like an eighteen point game against Richmond or a twenty point game. If he he's yeah. given like fifteen points a game, that's ideal. Right, and it, he's always had the reputation as the as the sharpshooter, and it really just hadn't panned out in his career. And and here we are now where. Uh, we're seeing sharpshooter, headband, brev, big game, brev, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> in action. Headband season, bro. Yeah, it's headband season. <laughs> like hoodie mellow, or yes, or it's exactly. Even like Allen, <laughs> you know, we've we've seen it plenty of times before. <laughs> sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Last one I have is we were kind of wrong about the center position being a weakness. You you mentioned it in the uh, in the JMU recap. We are giving up a lot to other teams opposing big men, but Sam and OC combined are averaging a double double, and they're kind of sharing that spot. Sam provides like the shooting and the passing, and then OC is like a perfect complement with defense and rebounding. And put them together, and it's actually okay. You know, they both give up some things too, but I would say any major concerns about the center position sam and oc together are given more than we got in that position last year so i'm i'm okay with the two of them for the time being i agree i'm i'm in the same boat i i do have my worries down the road with other teams but for the time being you know it's i I don't think there's any issue especially in our conference leading on the strong guard play that we have and and um you know it's it's clearly worked out and they're they're getting the job done. They're they're producing enough that it's uh it's bearable. Anything you can think of that we were uh maybe dead wrong on or has yet to uh come to fruition? I can't remember if we made predictions if Grant would have a forty point game. Ooh, that's a good one. I thought it would have happened by now. So if we had if we had tried to predict that, I, I would have been wrong. Um I, I don't think that it won't happen, though. I think <laughs> I mentioned it earlier that we, we still have at least two William and Mary games left. So, well, he's got he's got his 30 piece McNugget already. Yeah, he's got the 30 piece McNugget. He's going for the 40 piece and and maybe we'll see a 50 piece. <laughs> Ooh. I think uh, did Justin Wright Foreman ever do that. Did he score 50 one game? <sighs> Wouldn't surprise me. I know. I know he scored 48 one game. So I, I don't oh, yeah. know. What do you have against <laughs> Charleston last year? When him and Riller uh, were going at it, I mean, he got close. Yeah, what Riller finished with 46, is that right? And Jay Wright had 42, 43, something like that. Yeah, they were both in the 40s, I think. Yeah, I had like seven NBA scouts sitting in front of me, and I, <laughs> I leaned forward. I was like, is this what y'all wanted? <laughs> yeah, they were putting on a, a shooting display. Yeah, they just looked at me like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, please sit down. Yeah, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think we did okay on on predictions. And again, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But for right now, I am way on board with uh, with the shooting this team is mm-hmm. is showing, and the balance scoring and the bench has been okay. The bench actually might be one of the best in the CAA. Yeah, maybe not from a scoring perspective, but when Epps and Reddish and Smart come in and just make plays and keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big reason why we're seeing these surges late in games is the other team's getting worn out and Charleston is is staying fresh. Yeah, the the depth has been huge and that's a testament to to coach Grant's recruiting and the guys that he's been able to bring in. Um, you know, we've got I guess like 
10 guys that are averaging double digit minutes, maybe more. Um, you said it early in the season. Grant looked exhausted late in some of those early games. And um, yeah, that hasn't seemed to be an issue. And I think that's part of one getting into the swing of the season where, you know, you can't really simulate the the workout that real game speed will give you. But two, you know, he's coach Grant's been able to uh, get more guys involved in the lineup and alleviate, uh, I guess, the physical strain on on the five starters. Yeah, I mean, Grant, Coach Grant's had Riller on the bench for like a 9-0 run that Charleston went on. That was when Richard hit those threes, and I think Jasper and Galloway hit some. Anytime Grant can get some minutes, that's or some minutes on the bench, that's awesome. I think going into the season, we both knew they, the team had depth, but Coach Grant has always played like seven or eight guys only, so I I'm not sure I thought it would be a strength but he's playing 10 11 guys in games and it seems to to work uh they, they make plays i would take the i would take the end of our bench over the end of maybe any other caa bench like some of the eighth and ninth men for for drexel delaware they're not caa caliber athletes yeah. i think everyone all the way down to reddish and tucker are caa caliber athletes yeah I guess the real question is, would you take our bench over UNCW starting five? But uh, I didn't want to throw that zinger out there. But (laughs) Whoops. Well, I'm glad you said that because we should talk about some other CAA teams. UNCW looks like they're going to be the bottom feeders. Elon is not expected to do much, but at least the arrow is pointing up for them. Mm -hmm. By the way, that game has trap game all over it on Thursday against elon yeah it's a trap but i think it's a good matchup for us at the same time um that's true they're you know they're their best players are their guards and uh i haven't watched the hunters play yet just looking at stats both of them are good um Mm -hmm. in case people listening don't know they have two freshmen with the first name hunter so uh, it's like our Jalen's, but (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah but but they've been solid you know and i it's uh first recruiting class has been good for them and then they got the transfer from stanford uh sheffield is that his name mm-hmm. yeah sheffield these are like such preppy names sheffield yeah. and hunter yeah <laughs> well that's his uh i guess it's his last name it's marcus sheffield so he uh removes the prep a little bit but elon is known as a preppy school <laughs> yeah so yeah charleston will play elon on thursday but the big game is next saturday at william and mary a team that looks like they're going to be a problem the only other undefeated in the undefeated team in the CAA right now. They are 3 and 0 because they started with a a bye because they played Elon, their travel partner. Going to be a matchup problem for CFC. Knight again is POI caliber, really talented big man and now they have their transfer eligible Van Vliet. That's a 7-footer. Um so Twin Towers at William and Mary, it's going to be a a tough game for the Cougars to pull out, but whoever comes out of that game is going to look like the front runner in the league. Agreed. Yeah, the the yeah, the Nathan Knight matchup is I mean that's just been a nightmare for us in the past regardless of who's been in our front court. So, you know, he's going to he's going to get his points, he's going to do his thing. You know, I talked about it briefly earlier where I just I'm curious to know if if Tony Shaver hadn't been fired in the offseason and they were able to retain all the guys that transferred just how good William and Mary would be this year. I mean, this would be I mean, they'd be the clear cut front runner at this point Um, with Justin Pierce. He's at North Carolina scoring like seven points a game. And and uh, I mean, he's a he's a good, solid player and he's gone. So the hot take is that Tony was uh, holding him back 
Maybe they, uh, <laughs> maybe they'd be like uh, one and two right now if if he was still on the bench. I don't know. I, William and Mary is going to be the team to watch. Uh, people's yeah. heads are going to explode if they make the dance in Dane Fisher's first year. Yeah, <laughs> but right now <laughs> I'm still feeling them out. You know, yeah. going up to Northeastern and Hofstra, which is always a tough road swing, and and getting two wins, including blowing out Hofstra, is really impressive. But we haven't played Hofstra and Northeastern yet, so who knows how good they are. And I, I mentioned to you, first-year coach, it's very possible that teams don't know how to game plan for what the Tribe are going to do yet. But right. uh, for now, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And, and Knight and Van Vliet and their guards just look really sharp, and their offensive numbers are really good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. As that they've always been. We'll be going into that game with William and Mary having played four conference games at that point, I guess. So, um, you know, hopefully our coaching staff will have a little more of an indication of of what the game plan for, or what to key in on. Um, that's the best way to to gauge talent levels is just a good old fashioned head to head matchup. So, Saturday, our question will be answered. <laughs> we need to break the Kaplan curse. We need to get a win there. What was it two years ago? The heartbreak where Reeler nailed like the half quarter <laughs> to uh, force overtime. Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't remind me. Anything else in the CAA kind of stand out to you? Any players or, or teams? Uh, not necessarily. I, you know, I've I've been following Northeastern just because they have, you know, we've had the the quasi rivalry with them over the last couple of years or and um, I was curious to see what the identity of that team would be with so many people gone. Uh, but Jordan Rowland has stepped up. He's a great scorer and Bolden Bray seems to be the clear cut leader of that team. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I always enjoy watching them play. I think Bill Cohen's a great coach and, and as much as Vasa tormented us over the years, I, I kind of had an affinity for Northeastern basketball towards the end of his run there. Just to always have point guards. Yeah. I mean, TJ Williams and now this kid, Tyson Walker, the freshman has 32 against Elon. He's going to be a problem for the next three years. Yep. (laughs) That's great to see. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, I guess it's just a maybe a level of mutual respect. I hope that, you know, Northeastern would the, say the same thing about Charleston and and that uh, these two teams seem to be consistently a top top three, top two program in the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Northeastern is good. Hofstra is still tough to figure out. Sure. Bowie had 44 against yeah. Elon. So that's a bit of a theme now that Elon is giving up a lot of points. Maybe that means good things for us mm-hmm. um Hof- hofstra northeastern us and william and mary look a, like a clear-cut top tier yeah and then you have the towson jmu drexel delaware grouping and then uh elon and uncw at the bottom right seems pretty clear-cut even a weekend it seems like that's how things are gonna fall into place yeah it's uh i mean that's just textbook caa it seems like there's always the the four top tier teams and then everybody else just duking it out for those bot the remaining buy spots <laughs> yep yep well every year you know the cougars are going to drop some unexpected game and to go four and oh to start feels pretty good they didn't they haven't had that game yet hopefully it doesn't happen this week against elon on thursday or against william and mary on saturday but I'm excited for the weekend. I'm excited about how this team looks compared to how they did at the end of 2019. And uh, it should be good. Get get those Flow Hoops subscriptions going, folks. <laughs> Aren't you glad? You pay for it, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Unfortunately. But, um, you know, it's it's whatever. I, I can't well, miss a game. <laughs> you're doing Sober January, so that, that money was just going to go toward beer anyway. 
True. Exactly. That is, that, that's you, how you have you to just think about a it. great justification. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hate myself a little less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Well, Colin, thanks for stopping by, man. And, uh, keep following the Cougs. Everybody who's listening, they are in a really good spot and let's keep it going. Let's go Cougs.